Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Rachel Ruth Lotz Wright on preparing to meet Jesus either when he returns or when we die and go to be with him. And it was at that moment that I felt the finger of God just go across my heart and all of a sudden the blood came back to my body and I was able to open my eyes and and I knew, I even said in the room, I was like, you don't know Jesus, you need to because he just saved my life. And they rushed me off to the OR and and um, put massive stents in my heart. And um, and so I shouldn't be I shouldn't be here except that God allowed me to live and and to bring this message really because we could meet him today. You know, we could die. We're not promised tomorrow. Rachel Ruth Lots Wright next. One day, every believer will experience the wonder of coming face-to-face with Jesus. It could be at our death or at the time of his return. Anne Graham Lotz, the daughter of Billy Graham and founder of Angel Ministries, and her daughter, Rachel Ruth Lotz Wright, have written the devotional, Preparing to Meet Jesus, a 21-day challenge to move from salvation to transformation. Rachel Ruth is our guest today. The devotional draws on the biblical story in Genesis in which Abraham seeks a woman of character to marry his son Isaac. Rachel Ruth, tell us why you and your mom, Anne Graham Lotz, wrote this devotional, Preparing to Meet Jesus. Well, actually, I teach a Bible study online, and I just finished teaching um, the book of Genesis. Mm. And so, but when I come across Genesis 24, when I taught that at Bible study, a couple weeks after I taught that, Um, I was invited to speak at a friend's bridal shower. And so when I went to the bridal shower, I naturally thought of Genesis 24 because that is where, you know, Isaac needs a bride. Abraham wants to find a bride for his son Isaac and they find Rebecca and and that whole story. And so I had gone through and pulled out some characteristics about Rebecca that a new bride, you know, could uh, look at and want, you know, hopefully in herself and And then it just hit me when we were thinking about what book to write, how, what a beautiful book that would be when you think of God, the father sending the Holy spirit to find a bride for his son, Jesus. I mean, it's such a beautiful correlation there of what, uh, or an example of what it is, um, what Jesus has done for us, what God has done for us to find, um, find his bride, you know, bride for his son, Jesus. And so, it fits along with this story, and so I put it together, pulled out these characteristics, and did a 21-day challenge um, just to that each of us can go through as believers um, or non-believers even um, to see what it looks like and um, and just take that salvation and transformation. So. so when you say 21-day challenge, what do you mean? In what sense is it a challenge? So thinking about Jesus getting ready to come back, because I, if you look at the news, if you pay attention to anything that's going on in the world, you just see everything is falling apart. It is just an, it's an absolute mess. What is right is wrong. What's wrong is right. And everything's so messed up right now. And, um, and not only that, you look at our weather, you look at the wars going on, you look at all these different things that are happening and and you look at what the Bible says about when Jesus is going to come back and you see everything's ready. Everything is primed and ready for his return. 
And so with that thought in mind and thinking of Genesis 24, how can we as the bride prepare ourselves for when Jesus comes back, which I think is very, very soon. And, um, and it's so interesting. My, I wrote this book and did not even realize that my daughter, my oldest daughter would get engaged and get married this summer. And so I know all about a bride getting ready for a wedding. And, um, and so hopefully this book is something that we can use to just think about each characteristic and, and is there something I need to change? Is there something I need to get better at before I see Jesus face to face? And um, so that's kind of where it came from. When you talk about preparing to meet Jesus, I mean, of course, his return, we could meet him face to face that way. But then in another real sense, when we die, when we leave right. earth, we could meet him that way too. Yes, that's right. And and I know that very well, too, because I almost did. I mean, a year and a half ago, I had two heart attacks, mm. and they're rare heart attacks called SCADs, spontaneous coronary artery dissection. And it happens to, it's rare, but it happens to women in their 30s and 40s mm. under either high, a high stress event or a hard physical exercise event. And I had gone in for a routine stress test and it went terribly wrong. It was so bad from beginning to end, the whole thing and the guy that ran it, it was really bad. And um, so I walked out with chest pain and Hmm. for four days, I was like, is this acid reflux? What is going on? And went into the hospital. I knew something was going on with my heart after four days and ended up having two heart attacks where where my artery just shredded. from top to bottom. The second one was a massive heart attack. And and I was dying in the hospital, knew I was going, I prayed. I was like, Lord, just please take care, take care of my girls. And and it was at that moment that I felt the finger of God. I it just go across my heart. And all of a sudden the blood came back to my body and I was able to open my eyes and and I knew I even said in the room, I was like, you don't know Jesus, you need to, because he just saved my life. And they rushed me off to the OR and and um, put massive stents in my heart and um and so I shouldn't be I shouldn't be here except that God allowed me to live and and to bring this message really because we could meet Him today you know we could die we're not promised tomorrow and so it doesn't have to just be the rapture of the church it can be when we die and and so now is a time for all of us to prepare our hearts for that and. And I think sometimes people don't think about that. They just kind of go through their lives or going to church and they have friends and they do Bible study, but they're not actually thinking about the moment where they see Jesus face to face and how they're going to want to be ready for that moment. And in the first, the first requirement, actually the first day of my 21 day challenge is to make sure you're in the family. Well, it's so neat because um, the way the Lord showed me in this passage, when Abraham sends his servant to find a bride for his son Isaac. The only requirement he told his servant was make sure she's in my family. Do not go to the Canaanites to find a bride for Isaac. And um, and he said, make sure she's in my family. And um, and then when you think about when God sends his Holy Spirit to find a bride. For Jesus, that the, when Jesus comes back, he's going to look who's in my family, who's in the family. And the way we become, be, you know, to be in the family is to have that personal relationship with Jesus where there is a point in your life where you remember, 
I have confessed my sins. I told Jesus I'm a sinner. I'm asking him to be my savior. I know he died on the cross to take away my sins. And, and I'm asking him to forgive me of my sins, to come live inside of me, to have eternal life. It's as simple as that. People want to make it complicated and say it's about works and it's this and that's and that. No, all Jesus did all the work on the cross. And all we have to do to be in his family is to place our faith in Jesus and ask him to forgive us. I mean, it's just awesome. And it's awesome how it goes along with this story. I, I want to get right back to Rebecca and Abraham. But, but I'm also wondering, it sounds like the Lord really used that crisis, I mean, as you said, you, you felt like this, this could be your time to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yes. It's your time to be present with the Lord, and, and yet it wasn't, but it must have had a profound impact on your life. It did. I, I cannot believe it. I mean, who would ever think at 47, I would have two massive heart attacks? And, um, and in that room, I think there was eight nurses in there, and they just stood there and stared at me. They didn't know what to do. They didn't. People don't know about SCAD and because I had a very healthy heart mm -hmm. and no cholesterol or anything like that. And um, and so God just saved me and leaving that after, even after that hospitalization, I mean, I just knew it was all the Lord. The way there's so many details of how he orchestrated that, that the guy that did the stents happened to have an opening. He wasn't doing anybody. He wasn't in surgery at that moment. So he was able to take me right then and while he was doing the heart cath and looking at my two of my arteries and he was just going to be like oh we saw it yesterday it looks good i don't see anything another cardiologist walked in and said why don't you look at that third one and he goes around and looks at the third one that's the one that is shredded from mm. top to bottom so to see the sovereignty of god in that whole situation it I, it's just remarkable and only god could have done that and, it, and all the doctors all the nurses everything couldn't have brought me back. It was God. It was the Lord. And mm -hmm. so to know that he has us in the palm of our hands, that even in the scariest, worst crisis in your life, he is still faithful and and that we don't have to fear even that. And so it really, um, and he's taken me through a process this past year and a half because I still have heart pain. Last night mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep because I had such horrible heart pain. And it was, I, I had to rely on the scripture that God's given me, these promises that he's given me. And I have to trust, am I going to trust him or not? Am I going to trust that God's word said, this isn't going to happen again, or I'm just going to freak out and go to the hospital again, you know? And I've done that. I've been there nine times. Wow. <laughs> so it's, um, it's been quite a process, but God has just, he's just deep in my faith mm -hmm. and, um, and he is faithful. So it's been quite a journey is such a, a compliment to the devotional to the book, the 21-Day Challenge Preparing to Meet Jesus yes. that you've written yeah. with your mom. And do I understand correctly, Rachel Ruth, that your, your mom and Graham Lotz wrote the, the introduction, I think, and then you wrote the rest of it? Yes. yes, she did the introduction and then the end conclusion, and then she wrote the prayers for each of the days. And um, But I, I'll tell you, after I got out of the hospital from those heart attacks, that's when I wrote this book. Mm. I was just, I couldn't move. They were like, don't do anything. Don't even grab something out of the refrigerator. Just stay in on the couch because, you know, it's kind of a volatile time yeah. for a while after that. So I just sat there and I God just downloaded this book. And because um, we are so, we could be so close like I was or Jesus return and and we want to get to heaven because I know, I know that I know when we get to heaven, 
We will wish we had been more patient. We will wish that we hadn't been so angry or, or wish that we hadn't been so fearful. And not that we're going to have that time to sit there and regret because that's all gone. But but now we have so we have time to do something about it. And um, and the story of Isaac and Rebecca, there's just so many neat things, you know, that you can pull out of that just to just to look in ourselves. Well, well tell us um, about about some of that background of the story of Abraham. He's seeking a wife mm-hmm. for his son, Isaac. And of course, Isaac, it ended up being yeah. Rebecca. But what, what can you tell us when I mean, you study this? You you said you teach it to an online uh, Bible study. Yes. yes. Well, some of the characteristics, I mean, it's just an awesome story because, and I, I love stories and storytelling or whatever, but um. So when the servant leaves and he travels like 400 miles on camels and he's got probably 10 camels with him and his, his, the other people that he brought with him and, and he's traveling, he comes to the place where Abraham was from and he goes to a well because that's where women come to. They would come at night to get the right before evening to get the water for dinner or whatever. And, and so he gets off his camel and he prays and he was like, Lord, show me who the one that you want me to pick for Isaac is. And when I find her, like when I call a woman over and ask for water, the way that he wanted to know was that when she gave him water, she would also offer to water all of his camels too, which is huge. I mean, mm. 10 thirsty camels. And um, and so that was his prayer to the Lord. And so sure enough, he, he asked a woman that walks out, he sees Rebecca, she's beautiful, all this stuff. And calls her over and says, may I please have some water? And she was like, yes, here's some water. And you know, what? I'll water your camels too, your 10 camels. And so he sat back and watched her. And so all the little characteristics come out because she was kind and, and to give him water. And then she was humble. She was um, a servant. She um, was thorough. She had integrity because she finished the job. She watered the camels and to feed to, to water all those camels, it would have taken hours to feed, to give them enough water to be, you know, not thirsty anymore. And um, all the gallons and to have to walk and fill up her jar and walk back and pour it in the trough and go back to the well. Fill it up. I mean, it was strenuous work and she never complained. She didn't cut corners and say, oh, that's enough. And you know, all these different characteristics you see, I mean, it's just beautiful. And so it translates to us, are we kind? Are we patient? Do we go the extra mile? And um, do we think of others instead of ourselves? And how do we treat strangers? Mm. And do we welcome people into our home? And are we good listeners? I mean, just all these different things um, that I think we can look inside of ourselves to, to just see if, if we're doing those things. Well, you studied this, and, and I'm, I'm wondering uh, a, a couple of questions. One is, is there one of these characteristics that you particularly resonate with? And, and, and secondarily, was there a surprise as you studied this? Obviously, you'd read this before. Yes. Well, I think as I was writing them, I, f- I actually feel like to be honest, every single one, except for the fact that I know I'm in the family. I know I've prayed to receive Christ. I did when I was a little girl, mm-hmm. rededicated my life even when I was nine. And so I know I'm in the family, but all the, the 20 other ones, every single one, I felt like there was something I could correct and, um, and fix. And so 
uh, one of them, just a simple one that you wouldn't think of, but one of the things was she was so hospitable. And my sister's really good at that. She is just the greatest hostess and does all this stuff. And and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm just so busy and I've mm-hmm. got kids and I, you yeah. know, I don't think about that. And just having people over the house and investing in them, uh, you know, around the kitchen table or something like that, I need to be better at. And um, being, um, I, I'm quick to do things, you know, and, and, and I need to be more patient and kind and uh, just so many so many different things that i think i can work on so um but i i just loved it i love this story so any surprises i i don't know if that's a fair thing to ask but uh you were teaching it but was there something that struck you that uh, maybe you hadn't seen before i think the way the lord just broke it down almost phrase by phrase um and it was so easy for me to pull them out that that i think the surprise is how the lord just downloaded it and um, mm. and was you know brought the book to yeah. me because um, I wasn't the smartest kid in class. I've <laughs> got the ADD, I, you know, all that, and um, mm-hmm. and just the way that he brought these to my mind mm. and and showed it, I felt like um, was it's a surprise for me all the time. Actually, even when I get up at Bible study to teach every week, I think it's a miracle that he would use me to do this, and so. The story was a blessing, and each of the characteristics were a blessing, but I'm never not overwhelmed by the power of the Lord, and um, because He is all these things. So even though Rebecca showed Him, she wasn't a perfect person. We see at the end of her life, you know, or, you know, when Jacob, they lie to Isaac and all this stuff. Yeah, isn't that but amazing? Yeah. It is, but but she really had these beautiful characteristics in her in this chapter, and um, so. By the way, I'm speaking with Rachel Ruth Lotz Wright. She is the uh, daughter of Anne Graham Lotz, or I should also say, she's the granddaughter of uh, the late Billy Graham. And we're talking about her book she co-wrote with her uh, mom, "Preparing to Meet Jesus: A 21-Day Challenge to Move from Salvation to Transformation." I don't know if it's fair to ask this, Rachel Ruth. Maybe people ask you this kind of thing all the time, but do you sense your grandfather's influence at all in this book? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, because. Even from my last book with Jesus followers, both sets of my grandparents set the example for me, mm-hmm. and they love the Lord. They kept in mind that one day they're going to see Jesus face to face, and so their lives were devoted to in, to living out their call, to living out their life for the Lord, and everything they did, even at home when nobody else was looking, they were still studying their Bibles and worshiping the Lord, and and so I saw that, and I saw it in my parents as well, and I see it in my mom. And and their love for the Lord is contagious. And so, um, and so I see these characteristics in them, and and then I strive for that too. But it, it's not just me wanting to be like them; it's because I've fallen in love with Jesus. I saw their love for Jesus, and I've fallen in love with Him. And I want to please the Lord. I want my heart to be right before Him. And you know, I think it makes me so sad when you look at the world right now and you see this young generation coming up that knows nothing of God, doesn't care to, it's just whatever they want to do, they do. And even decisions that government's making or what's happening all over the world, you're just like, oh, they only knew how wonderful Jesus was mm-hmm. and how he can transform anybody's life. And 
He has a plan and a purpose for your life. I, I don't know how they do it without the Lord. And, and so this isn't a drudgery. It's not something, these characteristics, it's not like, oh, how am I going to be honest? And how am I going to be unashamed for the Lord? And am I kind? I don't know. You know. It's not a drudgery when you love the Lord. And, and so the first step is just having that personal relationship with him. And then as you get to know Jesus and as you study your Bible, you want to do these things. You want to be the best you could be for him. And it's not it's not about works to get to heaven, but you can't help but not you you want to do these things because you love him. Well, there's so many ways that I could go and I know our time is limited and I have to let you go shortly here, but I like in the first chapter you first of all just discuss your your father a bit, your late father and um, his time as a basketball player at the University of North Carolina and and for those of us that have not been involved in, you know, high-level collegiate sports like that, we don't know the kind of exclusive club that it that it is and how they interact with each other and all of that and the parallel that you made to being in Christ yeah. to being a believer if you would t- tell us a little bit about that yeah so my dad he was awesome and he was from you know New York City and grew up playing basketball in Harlem and the Bronx and and so basically his whole team was um, recruited from New York City and they all played um, at the University of North Carolina And they won the 1957 national championship against Wilt Chamberlain, Kansas. And dad, it was triple overtime and they won. And dad always jokes, dad was great at defense. And dad said he just pulled Wilt Chamberlain's leg hairs. He was so tall. (laughs) But um, but anyhow, they won that game. And, um, And so because it's such a big deal to win a national championship and at Carolina, who's just known for their basketball, um, it really becomes this exclusive club of players, not just if you played on on a team at Carolina, but to be on a national championship team. I mean, I got to meet Michael Jordan and, you know, all all these guys that would come back to to the hometown, you know, to, Mm. to Carolina basketball. Dad would interact with and the legendary coach, Dean Smith, who was an assistant coach when my dad played, loved my dad and my he would come up to my dad wherever he was just to talk to him and um and gave my dad tickets to the games and there's a museum you know for Mm -hmm. carolina basketball and 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 it's only because my dad played on the team and so the example of what it is where i drew from is that when we are in god's family and not everybody is you have to place your faith in jesus to be in his family and Um, And so when people say, oh, we're all God's children, the only way you become his children is if you place your faith in Jesus. And that puts you in that exclusive family, that wonderful family. And but it's not so exclusive that he doesn't want everybody to come. Anybody can. I don't care where you are in the world, what religion you're under right now. It doesn't matter. You come to Jesus by faith and you become part of his family. And um, and then that when you're part of his family, then you have all the gifts that God gives you, the fruits of the spirit, where he gives you love and patience and peace and kindness and faithfulness and joy and an eternal life one day. And um, and you have that personal relationship with him. So you're never alone. I mean, just so many wonderful things when you become part of his family. So do not put it off. Just come. 
Come and join his family. At the end of the book, I think you mentioned your mom wrote the the introduction, and she wrote the uh, the conclusion, if you will, yeah. at the end. And she talked yeah. about, well, just going to the title, Preparing to Meet Jesus, uh, she uh, talks about that well-known, I, I guess you would call it a parable of the virgins, the five, and uh, the five that had oil for their lamps and the five that didn't. And it goes right directly to meeting the bridegroom. Yeah, and the bridegrooms needed... I mean, the brides needed to get their oil, their lamp, oil for their lamps. And five of them put it off. Five of them got oil in their lamps so they could be, you know, part, you know, be there with a groom. And um, and so anyhow, the five that did it, they were they were not going to be able to come. You know, the door was closed. They were able to be at the wedding. And so the same happens uh, with us. We have to be ready. We have to be ready, whether it's today because we die or when Jesus comes back, we have to be ready. And um, and so, you know, are you ready? Are you ready to, to meet Jesus one day? And, um, and I would just challenge um, believers. I think this is a very simple, it's an easy book to read. It's You can do it 21 days. You can do it with your family, your Bible study group, um, whatever. But to go through each day and um, and just see focus on that characteristic and see um, if it if there's something you can make better in your heart. So it's it's for men and women. I mean, you think of the the bride of Christ, but we are the bride of Christ. Men and women yes. are the bride of Christ. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So Rachel Ruth, thank you so much for joining us today. Any any last thoughts? I mean, in terms of of the book or uh, your your hope for it, which you've kind of explained throughout. I, anything else as we as we wrap up? You know, just to to keep in mind not just your everyday ho-hum, but that there's a bigger picture. And who who else can you tell about Jesus? Who have you told others, you know, that Jesus is coming? Or have you prepared them for the day that maybe they will die? And, um, mm-hmm. and are they ready for that day? And I think it's a time to wake up. In fact, I just put on my little Twitter yesterday, there is a a young guy, young African-American guy that was on a plane and he got up in the middle of the plane and just shouted the gospel and shouted his testimony. And he was like, Jesus saved me. And it is powerful. And, and everybody just listened. They just listened to him. And I thought the courage it took for him to do that. And time is short and we need to tell people about Jesus. We need to search our hearts and make sure they're ready um, because everyone knows something's going on. I mean, you just, and, and it's that Jesus is getting ready to come back and we've got to be ready. So I pray this book will be an encouragement and a help. And, um, and I just thank you so much for letting me talk about it. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to today's guest, Rachel Ruth Lotz-Wright, granddaughter of Billy Graham and co-author along with her mom, Ann Graham Lotz, of the devotional Preparing to Meet Jesus, a 21-day challenge to move from salvation to transformation. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Adam Holtz on the recent trend of secular companies promoting faith-based film and TV productions. At least from the perspective of that one studio, and then there's Sony, Affirm Films, they distribute most of the Kendrick Brothers movies. So there seem to be pockets of awareness where there are people at these major secular studios saying, hey, 
we want to get in on this because we think we can make some money. That's tomorrow at the same time right here on His People. Thanks for listening. <laughs>